We are in the second Sunday in the season of Lent, so uh, we are in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. Beginning in verse 3, remember that Jesus, after his baptism, was led by the Spirit in the desert. There he fasted for 40 days, and he was tempted by the devil himself. Since it's the season of Lent, why don't we stand together for the reading of God's Word. Then the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you, if you will but worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. What a greasy, oily passage. I have another problem with this passage. Jesus is the son of God, and he gets this, uh, look at all these kingdoms of the world. I'll make you the ruler of the world. All you got to do is worship the devil. And Jesus says, well, the Bible says we shouldn't do that. Did Jesus really need a Bible passage to tell him not to worship the devil? I feel like any kid who ever watched this as a TV show and never read the Bible would know like, oh, don't do that. I mean, there's a lot of literary and film and story history, even without the Jesus story, to say that that some of these temptations any fool would know not to do. I I have a problem sometimes with these devices when they're they're used in movies. When you're like, oh, come on, who would do that? Remember Star Wars? Remember that one? When, when, (laughs) When Anakin Skywalker puts his face on the floor and bows down to the emperor? I mean, the guy looks like Satan in a robe. Like, why, why, would you, why would you do that? Remember the musical Hamilton? When the guy's clearly on the way to being like one of the earliest presidents in the United States, and he decides to throw it all away, plus a great relationship with the beautiful wife, to, to, have, to sleep with this kind of a sleazy neighbor. And, and remember Harry Potter in about the sixth book? When after six books of Dumbledore being the greatest mentor since Mr. Miyagi, Harry Potter is still an angsty teen who thinks, I don't know if Dumbledore really knows what he's doing. I wonder if he's really helping me at all. Like, you've had six books of this, fella. (laughs) And of course, the most epic, silly temptation of them all, Peter Quill, you can call me Star-Lord or not, but, you know, they have this enemy who can literally destroy the whole universe. They finally, like, eight of them gang up on him. They have him right where they want him. And the Star-Lord decides you know what, a better plan would be, I'm just going to start punching him in the face. And so then he gets loose and snaps his fingers and kills half the universe. The actor who played Star-Lord says, children still stop him on the street and say, why can't you control your temper? (laughs) I mean, what are any of these characters thinking? There's a country music song by Dirks Bentley says, by the county line, the cops are nipping on our heels. Pulled off the road and kicked it in four-wheel. Shut off the lights and tore through the cornfield. What was I thinking? 
This is all fun when it's in a movie or in a musical or a book or a country song. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. Does he get the, what was I thinking? But wait a minute. Haven't we all had kind of a, what was I thinking moment? When a bad idea sounded, started to look good? There's an epic story in my family about the day I looked my wife straight in the face and told her she had a big butt. You're all wanting to know how that happened. It's like 6.30 in the morning, I'm around the kitchen. Now, in my house, when you first meet me, you get a special greeting. My wife gets, hey, beautiful, and my daughter gets, hey, sweet pea, or hey, pretty princess, and my son gets, hey, big guy, or hey, chief, and so at 6.30 in the morning, that's usually when my son's getting ready for school, so I'm, I'm messing around in the sink, and somebody's coming in the kitchen, I assume it's my son, I'm getting ready to say, hey, big guy, and I look up, and it's my wife, oh, surprise. And, I, and on the fly, I just tried to edit over to, to Hey Beautiful. And somehow, there at 6.30 in the morning, the words mush together, and it comes out with the clearest diction possible. Hey, big butt. And I just shook my head and walked out of the room. There was no recovery possible. My history teacher in high school told us an even better one. He was driving back from college in Iowa, and they had left in the pre-dawn hours in order to, you know, get to Kansas City early. And, uh, but everybody else fell asleep. And so he's just driving, you know, all his college buddies, and the sun's now just coming over the horizon in northern Missouri, and the, the highway stripes are going by one at a time, and it's a windy day. And the DJ on the radio says, Man, it's a windy one out there today. I bet you could just shut off the ignition and let the wind push you home. And in his highway hypnosis, he said, that sounds like a good idea. And at 60 miles an hour, he turns off the ignition. 60s model car, it lurches, the wheel locks in the turn position, shoots him straight into the ditch. No one was hurt. But everyone had the same question when they woke up all piled up on each other. What were you thinking? Well, Anakin, when he bows down to the emperor, has been having nightmares that his wife's going to die. In Hamilton, the song starts out saying, I'd worked way too many nights, way too hard. And Harry, his parents are dead and by the time he's really angsty, Dumbledore's dead. He's kind of all alone running from this boogeyman. And, and Peter Quill, the Star-Lord, I gather from the character he only ever had one true love. And he just found out in that moment that this guy killed her. When you're stressed out and you're worn out and you're run down, a lot of dumb ideas start looking good. If you ever join a 12-step program, they, they teach you this acronym, HALT. HALT. It's like slow down and think. And the letters in HALT stand for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, slow down and think about what you're doing, especially if you're two out of three or, or three out of three. Because when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that's when stress eating starts seeming like that would make things better. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, 
That's when binge drinking seems like, that's what I'll do. That's what I should do. Even though it's never brought you a moment's happiness. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that's when retail therapy kicks in. And you just start buying stuff, not only that you can't afford, but that by tomorrow you don't even want. The church is full of folks who at one point were hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And are now saying, in all truthfulness, I don't know why I cheated on my spouse. I love them. I don't know why I put that website on my credit card. I don't really like that stuff. I don't know why I screamed at my kid that way. I swore my whole life I would not be that parent. It turns out God could look at any one of us and say, what were you thinking? But he doesn't. Because the miracle of our God is, as that worship song said so beautifully, He humbled himself and put himself in human skin. And so he knows how human frailty works. He has been in that desert. He has been hungry. Maybe angry, I don't know, from the passage. Lonely and tired. He knows how easy it is. Some people act like Jesus has a get out of jail free card because he has the nature of God. But in our theology... He is fully God and fully human. And he must fully experience temptation and rise above it. Otherwise, the cross doesn't count. He had to hear the voice of the devil and think in his hungry, at least lonely and tired, yeah, maybe. If he was incapable of being tempted, then he's incapable of taking our place on the cross. He has to be like us in order to pay for us. He has to become us in order to save us. And our Lord Jesus is able to say, look, I came into this world, I wanted to start a new kingdom. I was going to inaugurate something new. And I could tell pretty early, hardly anyone was going to buy it. And then the devil shows up and he starts quoting the Bible to me. You know the devil is quoting the Bible when he gives that temptation to Jesus. The devil said, you know, he offers in the kingdoms of the world, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. That's a quote from Daniel. It's actually a misquote from Daniel. It's actually a twisting, a lying of the scripture. Here's what the passage in Daniel actually says. You'll be driven out from human society. Jesus probably felt like that. You'll live in the fields with the wild animals. You'll eat grass like a cow or nothing for 40 days. Seven periods of time will pass when you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. It says the Most High, that's God, has the kingdoms of the world and doles them out. The devil twists it where it's him. But that's not true. But Jesus knows his scriptures, so he knows that's not true. See, the devil is throwing the same temptation at Jesus that he, it's like he has just one trick. And that is, God's not taking care of you. God's not giving you what he promised. You just step out of bounds for a minute with me and we'll take care of this. That's the same temptation he offered Adam and Eve. 
oh, God's not taking care of you. He says you have this garden, you'll live forever, but I don't know, I don't know. You step out of bounds real quick, eat from this one tree, and you'll have knowledge of good and evil. It's the same thing he offers you and I when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, if you want to be safe, if you want to have power in this situation where you're vulnerable, if you want to have love, God's not going to give that to you. Just step out of bounds real quick and do it this way with me. I'll take care of you. It's the same temptation. But Jesus knows the scriptures. Jesus knows also Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. You must revere the Lord your God, serve him, and take oaths using his name only. And when he's stripped down to his hungry, angry, lonely, tired self out there in the desert, all he's got is Deuteronomy 6, kind of to tell him in that moment, don't do that. Then the devil starts playing on his hunger. He hasn't eaten for 40 days. God's not taking care of you. Step out of bounds here and do a miracle. Turn that rock into bread and you'll be all right. But Jesus knew his scriptures. He knew that Israel was out in the desert once, like he is out in the desert today. And God took care of him. Again, Deuteronomy 8, 3. In the Old Testament it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And somewhere in that scripture, Jesus remembers. I'm not starving in the desert. I'm fasting in the desert. I went out here for this purpose. I went out here to focus on God. I went out here to declare myself God's. I went out here to rely on God. I don't need to step out of bounds. That's that's why I'm here. We're a week week and a half into Lent. So if you declared a Lent fast, a week and a half is more than enough time to have messed it up a whole bunch of times. And here's where the voice of the devil comes to you and says, see, you're not very good at this. Probably just drop it. Plus, isn't that something other churches do? That's not something like that your church would do anyway. It's kind of goofy. Don't do that. But you're doing it not as a test to pass, not as an endurance, not to show your strength. You you, you did it to focus on God, to declare yourself God's, to rely on God. You can do all those things with a try again. I'll try my Lent fast again tomorrow. I'll just focus on him, declare myself his, rely on him. I can just do that again. If I mess it up tomorrow, I can do it again on Tuesday. You you can do infinite retries when that's your purpose. What else do you have? Just stop focusing on God, stop relying on God, stop declaring yourself God because some voice told you you're not very good at those things. That's not going to go anywhere good. Know your scriptures. Use this time to hide those scriptures in your heart so when you get stripped down in your hungry, angry, lonely, tired moment that uh, you'll have that inside you. And for a lot of us, we already had our lonely, hungry, angry, tired moment and we made a horrible decision. And now here we sit in the consequences of it and in the pain of it. And and to us, most of all, the devil comes and says, see, I told you, you're terrible at this. You are horrible. Step out of bounds with me. I can patch this up. 
Don't do that. Whatever future you have, it's with God. God may not take away the consequences of of the decision you and I have made right now. He might not take away the pain of it tomorrow. But whatever hope we have for a better future, for better feelings in ourselves, whatever hope we have, it's with God. It's not with stepping out of bounds again and more. Keep relying on God. Keep declaring yourself God's. Keep focus on God, even in the wake of a mistake. And if, if you have any hope of those waves calming down into a peaceful sea again, it's going to be with God. A God who's been in the desert ahead of you and knows and understands. Just go back home again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a God who knows, who became us so that you could save us. With a deep breath, Lord, we declare once again we are yours. We want to be focused on you. We want to rely on you. The only future we have is with you. Your word that we've hidden in our heart says our enemy comes only to still kill steal, kill, and destroy. We'll remember that when we hear his voice asking us to step out of bounds again. Give us strength in the name of our Christ Jesus. Amen.